0: Let me tell you about somebody else that does good uh, our sponsor is american giant these these guys care actually really care about america they're like you they're like me um and they know that if we don't start making our own stuff if we don't return some manufacturing back here to america we we aren't a country anymore that has any value we're just consumers We've got to be creators. 97% of the clothing we buy made overseas. Just, what, 1960? The number was absolutely flipped. We were selling all over. So they have bought up uh, some factories that were going out of business, and they brought some of the machines back from the same factories that had been sold to places like Japan. They brought those machines back so they could make the greatest hoodie, the hoodie that, you know, used to be made in the 60s and 70s. It's available now at american com slash glen American-Giant.com slash Glenn. We are in day 132 of the American hostage crisis in Gaza. 132 days. I'm old enough to remember 1979 when we lost hostages in um, in Iran. The president tried to send uh, the uh, special forces out to take them out of the embassy and bring them home and that was a failed effort. But I remember seeing, I mean, when they came off the plane, when they finally came home, you knew their faces, you knew who they were, because we followed that story. It mattered that Americans were being held hostage. Does it matter anymore? Because to me it doesn't seem like it does. 132 days, we still don't even know exactly how many hostages have been taken that were American or if they're alive or not. We have the mom and dad of one of those hostages on with us to tell us about their son and what's being done to rescue him. In 60 seconds, stand by. Let me tell you about LifeLock. I am amazed how many people are out there, especially on the Internet, that spend their whole day trying to steal other people's identity and money. I mean, why don't you use your force for good instead of evil? Um, Get a real job, learn to code, or maybe that's the problem. They have learned to code. You need to protect yourself, and you can protect yourself with LifeLock personal identity the theft is through the roof because all of the stuff that identify us as individuals we put it on the internet all the time and it makes it dangerously easy for some cyber criminal where he's sitting you know in uh, Vladimir Putin's basement or you know sitting in his underpants in mom's basement is they're becoming very sophisticated that's why you can't stop all of it But LifeLock by Norton, I think, is the best. And they have saved me several times. I get a phone call. Hey, are you opening up a bank account? Are you taking out a new insurance policy? No. Well, that one kind of concerned me because I was like, maybe my wife is. Um, But uh, LifeLock can help you protect yourself and your identity. Save up to 25% off your first year using the promo code BECK, 1800 lifelock 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com, promo code BECK. Ronan and Orna Nutra are joining me now. They are in Israel currently. Their son, who was decided to uh, take a, uh, a leave of his studies, defer his studies at um, the University in New York. He was going to serve time in the Israeli army. He was captured while serving as a tank commander near the Gaza border on October 7th. We welcome uh, his parents now, Rona and uh, Orna. Ronan? Thank you. Thank you for uh, having us, again. You bet um, thank you, Orna. Uh, tell me about first of all your son. who was he
1: well, what did he Omer, what was he doing? Uh, yeah, so uh, Omer um, is 22 years old. He turned 22 a week after being kidnapped by Hamas. Um, he was born in New York City um, one month after 9 eleven. I was working at the city at the time, and I remember clearly crossing the Queensboro Bridge by foot, because there was no public transportation that day, with him in my belly, and also thinking to myself, how can this be, that this war is happening in New York? And unfortunately, we're in this crazy terrorist act right now involved, you know, and um, so, so he, he was born in New York, Uh, He grew up on Long Island, Um, to some extent an All-American kid, you know, loves the NBA, loves NFL, he's a basketball player, he's the captain of his, uh, he was the captain of his volleyball team, of the captain of the basketball team in the school, Um, always kind of taking these leadership roles, He's, he's very friendly, he's very social. He, you know, he walks into a room with a lot of new kids. He thinks about the potential, you know, who's going to be my friend. And, so, um, yeah. So, so, so he's um, him. yeah.
0: Orna, you, you, you said, you know, he was in your belly, um, on September 11th as you're walking across the, across the bridge. Now it comes almost full circle, same kind of mentality, same, uh, lust for blood, um, and they took him hostage. Uh, that just is such an incredible loop there. When did you know that he was taken hostage, and what have you heard since?
1: So, um, we spoke to him on October 6th. You know, we, we had a very close relationship, although he was in Israel and we are in New York usually. Um, and we spoke to him the night before. Um, everything seemed very calm. Actually, it was a very tense month on the border. His job was to protect the villages, the kibbutzim that are on the border. And um, it, it, ha- it was the month of the Jewish holidays, and there was a lot yeah. of tension there. And, and, uh, and finally, it, it looked like things had calmed down. Um, now we know it was, you know, all planned. Calm before the but storm, he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was just looking for um, A relaxing weekend You know, with his, uh, with his team um, He was looking to do Some team building And, and so, you know we, It was like a regular day And only a few hours later You know, the war broke out
2: Well, little did we know, Glenn That 3,000 terrorists Hamas terrorists Will rush and gush into Israel Kill 40 American citizens and I'm not sure if your audience is aware of it, 40 American citizens were murdered that day, and 1,500 Israelis together were murdered, and they took hostage 240 uh, young babies, elderly um, women uh, and and, and children, as well as, as few soldiers. So it's outrageous uh, what happened on, on October 7, and I don't think a lot of people realize it. And right now, even though 40 Americans were killed and murdered that day, there are still six hostages, American hostages, kept in Gaza under gunpoint alive, plus two that we know that are dead, and their bodies are still kept in Gaza.
0: So tell me, Ronan, I mean, I know you've spoken to the president um, and, you know, I, I say this because if I were in your situation, I would honestly it's I think it's totally natural to say, you know, screw we don't negotiate with terrorists. I would want something done, anything done to rescue my my son. But I don't feel like enough is being done. I mean, I don't know why we haven't sent in special forces, and it doesn't seem like this is a priority uh, for America. Do you feel that way? I, I,
2: I am not sure. Let me tell you how I feel. We're very grateful for President Biden's administration that are working around the clock to try and secure and release all the 134 hostages working with the uh, Uh, the partners in the area, Egypt and Qatar, and, and of course with Israel. But here's the thing. After four months, we are challenging the assumption that the release of the American hostages will be part of the overall release of all hostages. It hasn't happened. Our boy, together with five other living Americans, is being held hostage and is not released by any deal. And we're very, very worried because the conditions there are terrible. Yeah. The Red Cross is not allowed to get in. We know that they are tortured. We know that they are hardly fed. We know they haven't seen medical condition. What needs to happen, Glenn, for United States to step up and say, we are going to save our own people?
0: I have to tell you, it's not just about your son. By not doing these things, you, you make it dangerous for Americans all around the world you cannot take american citizens and hold them hostage we have to respond to this um by trying to rescue them uh and uh, it just it's just so muddy and murky now with the world i mean it to me it is so crystal clear um you are dealing with barbarians and uh you you know <laughs> you're dealing with barbarians they don't care about life uh and we do and i you know i just wish that i had confidence in our uh, in our nation right now that we could even pull something off and and find them when it, what is the last how do you know your i don't mean to be horrible on this how do you know your son is still alive
1: so, first of all, I want to say that it is very complicated, Glenn, because as far as we understand, they're being held in this underground, you know, maze of tunnels, right? And and a rescue um, attempt, such as you're suggesting, could be very, very dangerous. Yes, I know. So, you know...
0: I'm not suggesting... Uh, honestly, I want you to know, I'm not suggesting a plan. I just don't right. feel like the american people are even really aware um, or care the media certainly doesn't seem to feel that way i mean it's that we've been lost i think we're the only broadcast that every day we have a counter on the side of the screen that says american hostages still in gaza day today is 132 i i mean i felt the same way when it happened to our hostages in iran this is and, a very right.
2: big deal. This is, this is even a more complex situation because we're yes. not dealing with a nation. We're dealing uh-huh. with a bunch of terrorists. And uh, we really appreciate you having the, the day clock on, on yours. We, we are wearing a daily badge right now, 132 days. I can't even believe that we have reached such a, a you know, milestone of over four months. It's unbelievable. Um, something has to be done. And we are urging all the partners, and we're putting a lot of pressure. That's why we're in Israel. We're putting a lot of pressure on the uh, Netanyahu administration to negotiate. Part of the issues that we see right now is that the negotiation is not going in the right direction. All the parties were in Cairo this week, and, and President, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu pulled the Israeli representatives and told them to go back. We're very concerned about that.
0: So can I ask you, because this is such a complex thing, Um, you know, Netanyahu is getting a lot of heat from the United Nations and many nations who, again, I don't think really care about or understand, not that I do, what it's like to be a Jew. There's no place safe on Earth except perhaps Israel because you have a right to defend yourself. Everywhere else, it's like you're just a visitor. You're just, you know, you're you're not really. Yeah, you're a citizen, but you're a Jew. Uh, and that is horrible. And every time the world goes into this kind of darkness, that's when countries just start to separate their citizens and their Jews. Um, and I, I got to tell you, I, I, I would not negotiate with these people if it meant that we had to leave some of them, you know, still in charge with capabilities to do this again because they will,
1: right? But it's a catch 22, you you realize that, right?
0: Yeah, I do, need, I do.
1: I, I wanna, I wanna also, you know, you, you mentioned that Israel, um, is the the only Jewish state really, and it was established after the Holocaust, and yeah, both my father and Onan's father are Holocaust survivors, Jeez. and um. Yes, and they came to Israel and were of the founders of Israel exactly for this reason. And again, you know, it's just unfathomable that, you know, my my father has to be in this predicament where he, he knows that his grandchild was abducted by this terrorist organization that just broke into the borders of this country. And like you said, we have to fight over the empathy And the narrative of all of this is going on right now, you know, to to defend ourselves in this situation. And that's exactly
2: why our son, Omer, part of the reasons why he decided to move to Israel, to get to know the country, and to serve the country, is because of his heritage, his understanding that somebody has to do it. The Jewish state has to be protected. And unfortunately, he was in that spot next to the Gaza border when he was abducted. But now we need to to get him back. That's our job. We are all over the place. I met with the prime minister of Qatar in Doha. I urged him and I thanked him for what he did for the first release, but they have to continue. They have to put all the possible pressure on Hamas to release all the other, other hostages. And of course the Americans, six Americans among them, it has to be done and we don't have time. Everybody, I, uh, to have, we don't have time. Those hostages are dying. I
0: know, I know they are. Um, I I want to urge you, if um, if you want to learn more about this, you can go to stories dot now I don't know what the solution is, uh, Orna and Ronan, uh, but uh, we will pray for your son and all of the hostages. Um, you're in an impossible situation. And just as a dad, uh, my heart goes out to both of you. God bless you both. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it, bye-bye. Thank you. (laughs) (sighs) I mean, that's uh, tough. Well, let me follow that by telling you about a new partner of mine, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. I've known them for a very long time and really have been a, Uh, A fan of the things that they do and um, you know I talked to their founder years ago about how important it is and how the Jewish community needs to see and we need to be visible as Christians that this won't happen again on our watch that there are Christians that just won't turn away when The Jews are hunted again, and they are right now. The events of October 7th uh, are deeply affecting the the state of Israel, the rapes and the murders. And it's just torn communities apart. Um, People who are living in Judea or Samaria, they're under attack. It is really, really bad. The uh, IFCJ, uh, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, would love for your help please check them out yourself. Go to uh, supportifcj.org. They provide medical care. They provide uh, food, uh, shelter, whatever it is that is needed, they are there. And it's Christians and Jews working together. So please go to supportifcj.org. Generously as you can, your gift right now is going to be matched. So it will double whatever you give one dollar will become two, and you'll be able to do twice the amount of work for that one dollar so support dot org go there now ten seconds station id you know there's um there's a lot of people in in my business and um I have been lucky enough to know know and work with, one way or another, a lot of people that are really genuine. And that's hard to find. Genuine and also open-minded enough to admit if they're wrong. They just don't have an agenda and just look at it and say, I know what the story is, and so I'm pushing this, no matter what the facts tell me. Ezra Levant, is um, he's kind of, in some ways, the me of Canada, far as he's the guy who started uh, Rebel News. And it's different than The Blaze, but built similar to The Blaze, um, except they have state-run media. And so he has come under attack like nobody's business. Uh, the government has just been after these guys nonstop, but they're still still punching hard up in canada he's going to join me here in a minute and he's going to talk about a new federal program that was just introduced by justin trudeau if you don't care about canada and you're like why would we care about it here because this this new program will allow thousands of gazans to migrate to canada and as you know we don't have secure borders So we will have Justin Trudeau bringing people that most likely don't like America um, have an ax to grind. Also, because about 70% of Gazans believe it is right to kill a Jew or kill the supporters, it's right to do terrorist activity if you can stop them. Um, They're in Canada and they could very easily be here. This is the national security threat that we should be worried about. Our open borders. And Canada is about to make it much more dangerous for us. Ezra Ezra Levant is going to be joining us here in just a second.
1: Glenn Beck.
0: Barry wrote in about his experience with Relief Factory. He says, I'm a retired Marine. All those years of my body taking abuse amounted to a lot of aches and pains later in my life. But now, in just two weeks, Relief Factor has taken away, and he underlined, all of my pain. It's the best investment of quality of my life I've ever made. Wow, Barry, thank you. Thank you for your service. I know guys that have worked for me, that served, and whew, they just Beat their bodies, just beat their bodies. And in time, that comes back to haunt you. Relief Factor is not a pain reliever. It's a daily supplement that helps your body fight pain by fighting inflammation. That's where most of our pain comes from. And honestly, most of our disease as well. Over a million people have tried it. 70% 70% of them go on to order more uh, month after month. So give it a try. Just try it for three weeks. If it's not working within three weeks, it's probably not going to work for you. But it comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money-Back Guarantee. So try it. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. Or you can call 800, the number 4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF, ReliefFactor.com.
3: And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the code free speech now and save 30% off your annual subscription to Blaze TV.
0: Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Ezra Levant is with us. He is the Rebel News founder and host of the uh, uh, Ezra Levant show, which is cleverly titled. Um, Ezra, welcome to the program. How are you?
4: Well, I'm fine. Thanks very much. How are things in America?
0: Uh, You know...
4: Well, Canada, we always say Canada is like a time machine. If you want to see the path America's on five years in the future and what it might look like, look to Canada, because we're sort of a bad ideas laboratory and things that start here often wind up down there. You guys could teach us a thing about open borders, but I think we're going to trump you on this one. Glenn, I don't know if you heard, but Justin Trudeau has announced that he wants to bring thousands of refugees from Gaza to Canada. Which, by the way, if you don't know, has the world's longest undefended border with the United States.
0: Yeah, I know. I I grew up near the peace arch um, that these these gates shall never be closed. Um, This is really concerning um, because the population of Gaza, generally speaking, doesn't like America, uh, doesn't like Jews doesn't like our involvement in israel uh and they also hold about 70 percent view that you know if you have to take care of business by kidnapping and killing well then that's okay these people should not be coming over to the western world
4: well i think there's uh, there's a lesson in the fact that the neighboring countries that have a lot in common with gaza they speak yes. the same language arabic they have the same religion is that they are culturally the same, the same weather, the same food the same music, the same everything not a single Arab country is willing to take any refugees from Gaza, in fact Egypt which is the other country that borders Gaza, is beefing up its wall with Gaza because they know only too well what Islamist radicals are like, I don't know if you recall a few years back there was a Muslim Brotherhood coup In Egypt and it was terrifying and by the way Hillary Clinton supported it they luckily retook the country they know who is in Gaza why is Saudi Arabia not taking why is Qatar funding Hamas but not taking any people because they know it's trouble now this is not to say we shouldn't have feelings sympathy for the civilians in that battle but that's actually the whole way that Gaza operates Hamas has turned an entire population into human people, hoping that Israel won't extirpate the terrorists if they hide under hospitals, hide under mosques. So it's actually, it's, I mean, let's not, not fail to acknowledge it's a terrible situation, but it does not help anyone to bring thousands of those folks to Canada or America.
0: What is the vetting process going to be like?
4: Well, that's the thing. Who controls the government agencies in Gaza? Well, Hamas does. So who will choose who leaves and comes? Well, oh Hamas. Gosh. Does. And I mean, who else would it be? It's not a free country. It's it's, it's not even a country, I suppose. But it's not a dem- democracy. The civil service is not independent. Uh, it, I, I don't. The, the short answer is we don't know who is chosen. I, I don't the people who would come to Canada would have some sort of link to Canada, however tenuous. but they would be people that Hamas approved. It's like the Soviet Union during the Cold War. You couldn't just choose to leave the country yourself. You had to get the permission of their QGB secret police. If Canada is foolish enough to say, we're going to take thousands of these people, Hamas will surely think, how can we use this for strategic benefit? And I'm not oh, saying yeah. that they would all be terrorists. I'm just saying... It's an insane risk to take, and you, as our closest neighbor and ally, sharing an undefended border, this would be madness. Even though you you have a mad situation on your own southern border.
0: Yeah, no, we uh, we don't seem to have a problem letting anybody in our country right now. Um, this I would guarantee would be supported by much of the left here in America. Uh, in fact, you know, I know there are movements to. Try to get people from Gaza here in America, and uh, no thank you. Big, strong no on that one. Um, Ezra, thank you so much. You know, you said a minute ago, you guys are just ahead. You want to see the future of America. Well, you have been um, doing MAID, which is medical assistance in dying, I think. Uh, and it's euthanasia. And... It has it has gotten really really bad now Canada is talking about uh, suicide for people that do not have a life-threatening disease well we just got oh, some yeah. news Nin- 19 more states are now considering assisted suicide legislation here in America so unfortunately we're following your deadly path
4: oh it's awful in Canada Uh, simply having a mental illness is that for this government-assisted suicide. Uh, I'm personally aware of a case in the city of Calgary where a 26-year-old woman who's living with her parents got caught up in sort of the, uh, you know, with with these activist doctors who convinced her she had various maladies, and, and the dad found out that they were sending a maid, I I hate to say that acronym because it makes it sound positive or friendly, it hides what it is, sending a suicide doctor to the family home in two days to do the killing in the home. He heard about this, he was terrified, and by the way, if you interfere, I can believe what I'm about to say in Canada, if you interfere with a, quote, medical procedure, that is a crime. And I hate to say it, Glenn, but they now describe these assisted suicides as a medical procedure. It was legally impossible for him. Someone was coming to the family home to kill the 26-year-old daughter in the home now this doctor managed to get an emergency court order in joining this was the government run health care of course canada all our healthcare is government run sure and and the government is deeply involved here not only for ideological reasons but when you're a government system you would rather euthanize someone than have the cost because of course uh, and imagine if someone was coming imagine if a murderer was coming to the house this dad would do anything physically stop the man anything. But you can't because it's an official agent of the state. And all that was wrong with her is that people were putting kooky ideas in her head. She was not ill. She was not terminally ill. She was a physically healthy 26-year-old woman. That is real life in Canada. Happens every day. day. Doctors' suicide like made, as they now call it, is one of the leading causes of death in Canada.
0: I know. It's amazing. Ezra, thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks, Glenn. Goodbye. Um, I have to tell you, you know, um, a Dutch blogger uh, wanted uh, euthanasia because she had chronic fatigue syndrome. She also had ADHD and anxiety. She was 28 years old. They assisted her in dying. If you have a mental illness, doctors can now kill you. I mean you have to ask for it but you have a mental illness this is exactly the way it started last time and now here in America nearly 20 states are debating legislation related to assisted suicide it is everywhere nine states have already made it legal to get medically assisted suicide from the government the Montana Supreme Court ruling in 2009 declared that it wouldn't be against public policy or be illegal to do that. California, see if, see if you notice anything. California, Colorado, D.C., Hawaii, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, Washington, and Vermont all have euthanasia on their books. What do all of those states have in common? Their collectivist mentality. 19 states have legislation pending Arizona, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. You know, I just lost my father, my father in law. He was like a dad to me. And I didn't want to see him in pain. None of us did. His kidneys had failed. His liver had failed. He'd become very jaundiced. His heart was enlarged. I mean, there was no chance for him to survive. None. Unless God himself came down and was the doctor. There was no chance. All we wanted was for him to be out of any pain. Not to suffer at all. But... We were all very clear. Mom was really clear. God makes this decision. We don't have to put him on life support. His kidneys have failed. There's no way he can live without a 24 hour dialysis machine. That's, that's not life that he would want to live. He hated dialysis. He wanted it to stop. We just wanted the pain to go away. But mom kept saying, how do we know one of these doctors or nurses aren't going to give him an extra push? And I said, mom, because it would be illegal and it would be unethical. And she said, oh, so you trust them? And I said, yes and no. I mean, the way the world is right now, no. We have to strengthen our resolve on life. Life is worth living. I've had suicides in my family, plural, seemingly many of them. I was suicidal when I was very young. It's a, it's a genetic flaw, depression, at least in my family. And when you're there, it seems like life isn't worth living, but it is. And when you're sick and you're terminal, I completely understand. It wasn't the stormtroopers that killed all those people. That all began with the scientists and the doctors and nurses. Why do you think we fired anybody who disagreed with the NIH? Why Why are nurses and doctors, when we had shortages, why were they fired if they wouldn't play along and just shut their mouths and do it? Why were doctors gotten rid of if they dared to disagree and say, no, this is a better treatment, why did they lose their license? Because the medical industry, the pharmaceutical companies, the government, everybody says, this is a collective matter. And, uh, because of Obamacare, when there's shortages, uh, that's when the, that's when the, um, the programs to make sure that we ration our care, the Complete Lives program kicks in. Well, gee, I can't imagine with 10 million new people uh, that there would be any kind of problems with shortages at our hospitals. Beware, stand strongly for all life to be protected. Our sponsor this half hour is my company. It's Real Estate Agents I Trust. Have you ever had such spectacularly good service that you didn't just notice it? You were sort of captivated by it. Have you ever worked? There were a couple of nurses up at the uh, hospital at St. Raphael's where my dad was. That you could tell they loved their job and they loved the people there. It was great. It stands out. Because most customer service, you know, it's okay. But it's really not ever over the top good anymore but that's the kind of service you're going to get when you use my company real agents, I to be able to find a real estate agent i started it because i was frustrated with I, I didn't even know how to interview for you know somebody who's going to help me make the biggest transaction in my life the agents we work with are the best in your area we vet them and we look for the ones who understand best practices understand you have the same kind of mindset and they know how to get the job done the first time. Buying and selling a home is a hassle. find the right real estate agent for you it's a free service from me it's real estate I trust dot com real I trust. com
1: you're listening to the Glenn Beck program.
3: 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Tonight on Studios America, we're going to be going into the shooting in Kansas City uh, yesterday uh, when it comes to the Chiefs parade. And it is a little bit different than it was kind of initially being reported. Obviously, a terrible, terrible incident. ABC News is reporting, however, uh, multiple bad actors got into some sort of disagreement or argument and then decided to take care of it in the middle of a crowd of people. So not necessarily what you might have thought as far as a mass shooting type incident goes on. Now, of course, these things change. Maybe we'll find out that that's what it was. It was more like, you know, some Las Vegas situation from back in the day. But seems to be more of just a, sh- a couple of people shooting at each other with a lot of people around. And obviously that has really bad consequences. We're also starting to see the typical media reaction to this, of course, the pleas to do something are always uh, primary on every broadcast i here we are again another shooting and what are we gonna do we're not gonna do anything we're not as if there's some just pull it off the shelf solution that's going to solve all gun violence in a country that has 400 million guns out there Uh, it's completely ridiculous and we'll get into exactly why and why taking your guns away the guns of law-abiding citizens not the solution at all that's tonight on stew does america we'll see you then